It's now time for Let's Talk with Smitty on WSBS and on the free WSBS app. Good morning, everybody. This is Smitty. That means it's Monday, as you just heard from the WSBS forecast. A little rain in the forecast today, but um, it actually feels like spring is maybe just around the corner. We can only hope so. But we got a great show today, and I'm uh, very excited uh, to welcome uh, Andrea Campbell. She's a uh, former city councilor in the city of Boston, and she's now a candidate for attorney general. Uh, Good morning, Andrea. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thank you so much. I know you've been crisscrossing the state with the, these uh, caucuses going back and forth, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time to join us this morning. Um, what have you ex- What have you experienced in your travel so far? Um, you know, coming from Boston to the Berkshires and everywhere else in between. First of all, it's been great. You know, I'm obviously from Boston, but I have no intention of remaining on the East Coast while running for Attorney General. And so it was great to recently be in Pittsfield. And of course, and, and the other uh, in Central and Western Mass as well. And what I'm hearing is what I've been sort of stressing in this race is that many residents continue to struggle right now in the Commonwealth, worried about they're going to prosper, thrive coming out of COVID. Um, they're also very frustrated with government. And so I think this is an opportunity to really talk about what the Attorney General's office can do for the average resident, because I don't think most know. And so I've been stressing it has all the tools and resources to ensure that families have everything they would need to, to thrive. You know, before we get into to your race for attorney general, you've, you've got an amazing story. And I think it's uh, something that our listeners would love to know about. So tell us about yourself and tell us about your, your life experiences that kind of pulled you into public service. Yes, I had a childhood that was quite uh, unstable. My mom actually died when I was eight months old, going to visit my father, who was incarcerated at the time. And my father and my brothers cycled in and out of the prison system. And my twin brother actually died 10 years ago while in the custody of the Department of Correction. And my father also passed. You know, I was blessed to go to all public schools here in Boston. I'm the first in my family to go to college and law school. But while a sophomore at Princeton, I talked to my dad one morning, and he died the same evening. And so all of my biological parents and grandparents are deceased, so a lot of uh, tragedy. But what I've done with that is turn it into purpose and and to use my law degree and my legal career and experience, including working um, for Governor Deval Patrick as an attorney, to making sure that residents in Massachusetts have access to the same opportunities I had so they, too, can thrive. Uh, the the uh, you've been in public service for quite a while, and you, you've really uh, you've broken a lot of glass ceilings uh, in your young career. Um, but why attorney general? What what appealed to you about attorney general from, from not only from your life experiences, but um, you know what you probably experienced as a city councilor and and uh, being a city council president? But what of all the offices that there's a lot of a lot of dominoes falling this year, as you know, with the governor not running, mm-hmm. lieutenant governor, attorney general, and things like that. But what was it about the attorney general that you believe you're the best person for that position right now? I do a few things. I do think I bring a unique perspective on the issues that differ from the other two candidates. One is just my lived experience. You know, it's, it's quite tragic, but it connects to so many families, whether in Berkshire County or in the eastern part of the state or all, you know, in between, that are experiencing hardship right now and worried about whether or not the next generation will do better than the last. But in addition to that, um, this is the office that has all the tools and the resources to ensure that every family and their children have access to a good education, every family has access to health care, 
to wages, if you went to work, that you get paid, tools to stay in your home, of course, all the tools to protect our seniors against predatory practices, to deal with racial disparities and disparities that show up with respect to income as well, and so much more. And that's just the beginning. And so I want the average resident to understand that the resources available to the AG's office and the backing of the law uh, make it, I think, the best office to deliver on these policy uh, implement implications that affect every single family. We're here with uh, Andrea Campbell, uh, just a, a, an amazing young woman. You ought to check out her website. We'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, Andrea is running for uh, attorney general. As, uh, as we all know, uh, the current attorney general is running for governor, so there's an open seat here. You know, we talk about the—I uh, always tell people, Andrea, it's like the um, district attorney or sheriffs and now attorney general. You know, those are the positions that are elected, but on a day-to-day basis, you know, you don't normally think about these kind of folks. You think about criminal justice or whatever. What is it about attorney general that folks who are listening today— that the day-to-day activities the Attorney General plays a very important role in? So I've been stressing that the AG, the Attorney General, is more than just the chief law enforcement office. Yes, of course, implement our laws laws fairly and equitably, and there is a criminal bureau within the office, but there are other bureaus as well that do significant work. Uh, The healthcare division, their job is to not only represent the people, as, mo- as our current AG has stressed, the people's attorney, but they have all the tools to ensure that every family, every part of the state has access to health care, physical and mental. There's a whole division that deals with wages. So if you went to work and then went home and didn't get paid, the AG's office can help. A whole division that deals with predatory practices and scams. So if you went to buy a used car and was taken advantage of, the AG's office can help. Seniors call the AG's office frequently, particularly in this moment in time where folks are using the phones to scam folks out of their homes, out of their resources. They call the AG's office for help. This is also the office that is doing incredible work with respect to climate, um, going even into communities uh, that have high rates of asthma to help. So the list is long on what this office can do, and our job in this campaign is to get out there to stress um, just how much it can help folks in their daily lives. I'm, I'm glad you talked about the, the uh, environmental aspect of things. Um, when I was chair of the Environment Committee, we, we got legislation passed for environmental justice communities. Can you explain to folks what role the Attorney General would have on those environmental justice communities with our climate change and everything that's going on in the world today? So much. And, and I love, Representative, that you use you know, environmental justice and injustice because I think there's been a lot of conversations about how you merge climate justice with environmental justice. And there are certain communities, as we know, across the state, whether communities concentrated with people who live, uh, people of color or low-income residents that have been bearing the brunt for generations with respect to uh, climate and, and, and environmental injustices. This includes higher rates of asthma, air pollution, limited access to, say, clean water or something else. And so the AG's office is being, I think, quite innovative, and we can build upon that in educating folks about what these environmental injustices are and then the importance of taking strategic steps and investing in infrastructure, transportation, public transportation, making sure that communities have access to parks and green space, all the things that would prepare you for the next climate event, but also make sure that the communities in which we live, including our children, that they're healthy and, and safe. 
We're here with uh, Andrea Campbell, uh, candidate for attorney general. Um, and like I said earlier, you've been crisscrossing the state, focusing on the caucuses right now, which is a smart campaign. But what have you what have you finding that, you know, the Berkshires are very different than Boston and Boston's different than Cape Cod. But yet we have a lot of similarities as well. So what are you hearing from from folks that you're, you're running into along the path from the Boston to the Berkshires? We do have a lot in common. Yes, there are distinctions, of course, but we do have a lot in common. And, and, and right now what's rising to the top in terms of the issues I'm hearing about have to, of course, still do, to do with climate and environmental injustice, but also economic stability. Folks are really concerned about whether or not, for example, they're going to be able to stay in their homes and a potential foreclosure crisis coming out of COVID. They're concerned about wage theft. You go to work and you don't get paid. They're concerned about their seniors and mental health of seniors and our young young students and residents. Um, They're also concerned about health care and and so much more. And I think what I'm most excited about in particular when looking at, say, Berkshire County and the eastern part of the state is bridging some of these conversations that affect, say, communities of color. A lot of conversations about racial disparities in health care, but I've been having similar conversations about disparities in health care that affect low-income residents that are white. And I think this is a unique opportunity where our country is so divided to say these issues have, we have an opportunity as leaders to bring communities together to talk about the magnitude of the problems and then put forth thoughtful solutions together to solve for them. And the AG's office is uniquely positioned to do that. And I, and I think that's where your, your personal life experiences, I think, will resonate very well with a lot of folks. So tell, tell us, you know, you, you, you touched on your, your, your childhood and losing uh, you know, both your mom and daddy and your grandparents, but was there something in your upbringing that you could have gone a very different path, but you turned it into doing things that are good? You know, was there one thing or one person or say, an organization that helped you along the way that, uh, you know, turned your life's difficulties uh, as a young person into positive? I would say so. a a few things. I had an incredible, I call it my ecosystem. So I have an aunt and uncle who are my parent figures that live directly across the street from me in Mattapan and planted seeds of faith. I I talk about how how deep uh, my faith is, um, and I wear it on my sleeve. It's my foundation. So in a very, I had a church community as well, even in the midst of that hardship. But in addition, I had great teachers. I had great mentors, many of whom were elders from the community that grew up uh, in the city of Boston and wanted to give back to that next generation. I had an excellent education. I went to five public schools in Boston, all of which were excellent. And we know that's not the case for every young person today and families struggling to get access to, to a good school for their child. And without that ecosystem, I wouldn't have made it to a Princeton University or to law school. And so for me, in this race, I know folks often say, talk about the top three issues. I think there's an opportunity to look at the family, which is either a group of, you know, a family of 10 or an individual, the holistic approach to what they would need. They need good housing. I had affordable housing. They need a community. They need a connected community. They need a good job. They need access to education. They need access to resources, health care. I had all of those things. And without all of that, I don't know that I would have been successful. Now, now we're hopefully coming to the end of this pandemic, but I'm going to call it an endemic. Um, I don't think it's going to go away, but hopefully we're out of the worst of it. But what have you learned uh, during this pandemic that could hopefully make Massachusetts better going forward? And the reason I'm asking that is we talk about finding good quality jobs. 
There's jobs everywhere you go in Berkshire County, up and down from one extreme to the other, job openings and uh, job availability, but we're not filling those positions. What are some of the hurdles that the Attorney General's Office could help us all, not only from a, 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 a community standpoint, but from an economic development standpoint, getting people back to work and trying to lead a productive life? It's a great question, and and there's a lot we've learned coming out and will continue to coming out of COVID and this pandemic. And I think one is we are – Massachusetts leads in many ways, but we also know that many continue to struggle. Folks are still looking for jobs. There are jobs out there but don't have the skill development, don't have the training, what they would need to be successful. We also know folks are are struggling with mental health issues, um, substance use disorder, the opioid crisis – Many of that is on the rise. So, one, I think it's you can't go to work if you're not doing well. So mental health and the pushing of, of health care systems to provide accessible, affordable mental health care uh, is critical. The second is job development, job training. There are a lot of employers across the entire state that want to work in, in better partnership with government. I think many sometimes get frustrated that it's so hard to build partnerships it's so hard to develop programming and sustainable programming that can help residents. There are employers waiting for that to happen in the AG's office, working in partnership with the next governor and other state agencies, I think has the convening power to expand upon these types of skill development training programs and stipend them and ensure that they're accessible to residents all across the state equitably. And what I've heard when you go past 495 is that there are communities that feel left out and left behind, and that should never be the case. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you use that. I love that phrase, convening power. I think when you use a position to pull other folks together, I think it's critically important. You know, I want to go back to the opioid crisis and mental health, um, which I believe has been exacerbated by this pandemic that we've been in the last few years. But what can we do to try to, and I think having a job and it starts with education are all part of that, but the mental health aspects are, are going to be really important. My uh, my niece graduated, she's a very bright young lady, but she graduated high school a year ago. She lost half of her junior year of high school because of the pandemic and pretty much all of her senior year being remote learning. And she joked with me at her graduation, she says, Smitty, we're going to be the dumbest generation. Now, she didn't mean that literally, mm-hmm. but the impact and the lack of social interaction that our young people had through school or extracurricular activities or theater or sports, we really haven't even measured that yet. So mental health is a real focus we need to pay attention to, but that has an impact on the opioid crisis as well. So what can we do collectively in, with your convening power to uh, try to uh, address some of those issues? I do think, yeah, I always love to give credit where credit's due, and our current attorney general is, is definitely pushing the envelope with respect to what is possible in addressing the opioid crisis. One is, you know, getting out there and naming the problem that folks are struggling with their mental health. Um, and, and all of us probably in many ways, even if we don't necessarily recognize it. And so I think it's incumbent upon leaders to talk about it. There's such stigma in, in looking to get help, to talk to a therapist, to have a conversation. As my uncle used to tell me when I was younger, it's okay not to be okay mm. and to name that. And I learned that early on. So we have to stress that with our young people so that they know. I have two young boys. So they, they know that it's okay to say, you know what, today I don't feel well. Um, and that's okay. And then the second piece is, I think, making sure 
that organizations, not just our major hospitals, but also our community-based health centers and community-based organizations, and some of them, of course, are smaller nonprofits, they are providing mental health services and supports. There are a lot that are doing this on the ground and have been for some time. The question is, do they have the resources, the human capital, to be able to reach their constituents? Greater investment is absolutely necessary. And if we look at issues through this mental health lens and start with the well-being of our residents, we should be able to find the resources to invest in these organizations on the ground. And then, of course, as we narrow a focus to say if there are folks who are struggling with mental health but also are struggling with substance use disorder, to make sure that there is programming specially designed to help, too. And I know just based on certain conversations for certain pockets of the state that need greater resources here, greater investment, um, and greater uh, a greater organizational footprint. That's really important. Uh, we're here with Andrea Campbell, candidate for uh, attorney general. Uh, been very busy uh, campaigning throughout the Commonwealth. Um, I, I want to ask you, as you well know, there's a lot of money that's in the state right now. There's more money coming from the federal stimulus. Um, a lot of focus been on infrastructure and things like that. But if you had the magic wand and you, you could uh, say these are the top two or three things we need to be investing in across the Commonwealth, what would those three, two or three issues be uh, to try to protect that next generation? Mental health and just access yeah. to health care. That's still a major issue. There's so many disparities to address, including disparities in health care. And this is our op- an opportune time to do that, given all the folks who've come together to address COVID will come together to address disparities in health care. The second is jobs. You know, before you can buy a home or anything else and build your wealth, you need a good job. And we know that when you have a good job that you're passionate about, just like I feel passionate about my candidacy, it does something for your mental health. It does something for those around you. It brings joy, happiness, things that we probably don't measure. So invest in workforce development and skill development programming. Um, And not only invest, stipend many of these programs. If we want folks to move up and to be promoted, including folks who are older in our workforce, invest in them, stipend some of these programs. And then I think the last piece, and I could go on and on, (laughs) is housing. People need to be able to build their wealth, and we know that owning a home is still the number one way to do that. Um, and when you think about all of the resources and organizations we have in the state working on affordable housing, home ownership opportunities, this also is an opportune time to invest in that. Um, and we know that helps the family do better, and especially the next generation, if they have something they can hold on to. That's critically important. I think that's spot on. And if I can give you one bit of advice, um, I personally, I hate that phrase, affordable housing. I've, I've been spinning those two <laughs> words, housing affordability. That's a game that's changer right. because of the stigma that comes with affordable housing is very unfair to a lot of folks. But housing affordable, and we've seen during this pandemic, especially in the Berkshires, the real price of real estate has gone through the roof. It's made it very difficult for people who are even working full-time jobs, good full-time paying jobs, difficult to them to own a home. But housing affordability, I think, is paramount, and that's going to be a real uh, key thing for us going forward. That's right. I I, I, I often would say, Smitty, I have to add this, I would say, you know, housing at at pricing points that we can afford. And we know what those are, right? Peel back the numbers and let us see the numbers. But you're exactly right. Yeah, exactly. I want to ask you a question. We've got about, uh, you know, four minutes left. Um, If you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would that be? 
to relax a little bit more. Um, <laughs> my, my mom says today, you know, I mosey across the street. Just have fun and, and relax a little bit more. You don't have to solve everything in one day. Um, and I think I had such a serious mentality because I wanted to do better. And folks surrounding me said, you can go to school. You can go to college. But to, to relax a little bit more and enjoy life um, and enjoy enjoy this life, right? And, and I've had such tragedy. I know you only get one. Um, so enjoy life. And I have to say this. I would be remiss if I didn't name the, um, the fact that your district attorney, Andrea Harrington, and former state senator Ben Downing have endorsed me in this attorney general race and really honored to have their support in this race and have to name that because they've been great partners in the conversation so far. Well, I, I, I have to go give you some advice my father gave me years ago because we all want instant gratification, and I think smartphones have many ways of dumbed us down because it's instant gratification. But it's in, in government and public service, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So we just have to That's pace right. ourselves and, and, uh, and try to do good things each and every day. Um, if, if folks who are listening, uh, this is Andrea Campbell, candidate for attorney general, but if folks who are listening right now, Andrea, if they want to learn more about you, get involved with your campaign, where's the best place for them to get that information? So AndreaCampbell.org. I know we were saying Andrea. AndreaCampbell.org, <laughs> representative. Um, they can learn more. And there's ways to volunteer, participate, of course, um, in the caucus process, which for most of your community is done. But there's still ways to help us connect with delegates, to get on the ballot, volunteer. And I would be honored if folks joined uh, this team. So AndreaCampbell.org. Andrea. Okay. It's not Andrea. Andrea. I apologize for that. I'd be like, I, uh, my proper name is William, but if anybody ever called me Bill, I probably would ignore them. So it's always been Smitty. So <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll take full I will re- tell you, I'm going back and forth between Representative Smitty. It's weird because I'm usually referring to you as representative. No, it, 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 it's Smitty. And anybody in this uh, listening audience, which this covers my entire district, knows it's just Smitty. And that's how I've always been. So, um, well, t- tell me, you know, what's, what's on the docket next? I mean, the, the, like I say, beyond the caucuses, you know, campaigns uh, are long, but they go very quickly at the same breath. So what's the plan going forward? And the next time you're out here into the Berkshires, you know, please uh, let us know when we can uh, we can take you around. Oh, absolutely. I look forward to coming back out. Um, right now it's getting through signatures. We have to gather signatures, of course, to get on the ballot, connect with delegates to earn their support uh, for the convention. Um, but when the caucus season wraps up, it's getting out there into communities um, and really spending quality time meeting folks um, and so I look forward to crisscrossing the state, talking to residents, listening to them, most importantly, on the issues they care about the most and earning their support. Andrea Campbell, thank you very much for joining us here today. And uh, as the campaign gets going uh, further down and you want to get back on the show, you please give me a call and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll accommodate. So I appreciate your time very much, and I wish you all the best. Thank you, Smitty. Stay safe and healthy. Enjoy the day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you very much, and thanks, Jesse, for pushing all the right buttons, keeping us on the air. Uh, we're going to start a series uh, as a matter of full disclosure, which we have to do. We, uh, we've invited all the candidates uh, who are running for statewide office, from governor to attorney general to lieutenant governor. So over the next few months, we're going to offer that opportunity for them to introduce themselves to the voters of the Southern Berkshires. And, uh, but in the meantime, we're going to have other regular shows uh, going forward. So, Jesse, I appreciate all of your help and support. Uh, we'll be back next week with another great show. Until then, be well, be safe, have fun, be happy. Let's all take care of one another, folks. Let's all be Berkshire. Right, that's what you want.